Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. But we're really excited for this new series. And welcome to June, by the way. Welcome. Is this the proper first month of winter? Winter? So winter is here. It's not coming anymore. For those who don't know the reference, too bad. But um, welcome to June, welcome to winter. But we are wanting to warm you up with um, a really exciting series that we've got. We call it Doves, Flames and What. And the reason for that is because when it comes to the Holy Spirit, I think people get really confused about it. You know, it's not something that... um, I guess us as Christians, we take lightly, and at the same time, I think some people have probably gone a little bit too far with it, and all that kind of stuff, but what we want to do in this series is that we want to set you up for the second half of the year. What we really intend to do is that, I think at the start of the, uh, well, when it comes to December, January, you start to get your heart uh, ready for the new year. You're like, oh, excited. God's giving you dreams of what the year's going to look like. And you're like, yes, we're going to take over the world in January. But then it kind of gets to June and you get bogged down by events and circumstances, you know, tax time and all that kind of stuff. Doesn't make it too exciting. And then winter as well, you kind of start to hibernate. Anyone here hibernate? I do. Yeah, yeah, a few people do that. Um, I love hibernating. And uh, that's why my name is Nate. Get it? Uh, I need drums, eh? Um, but yeah, I really do love all of that. Sleep, sleep, sleep is one of my hab- uh, hobbies. is is a great thing. Um, but but with that, you know, we kind of get through June, and then suddenly it's like, oh, half the year's gone. And then you kind of just start crawling towards the end of the year. And then November comes and you're like, man, the year's gone. And then you start planning for the new year. Then you kind of get excited for next year. And then the current year that you're in is dead. Anyone kind of experienced that lifestyle before? Yeah, a couple of people. Well, we don't want that to happen. We want you to seize the year. We want you to have an amazing second half of the year. We want to believe that the second half of the year is going to be greater than this half of the year that we are still in so far. Anyone want that for yourself? You're a quiet bunch today. And today's topic is is kind of somewhat deep. So if you guys are quiet, I'm worried. You know, I don't know whether I'm going down the right path or not, so I need, I need a little bit of feedback. So anyone want an amazing second half of the year? That's better. Wake yourself up, turn to the person next to you and say, you are going to have a ripper second half of the year. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Let's pray. Let's pray. Because I think I need God this morning more than anything else. Um, God, I just pray that you just invade the space right now. Holy Spirit, we pray that we are all open to your word. I pray for myself that I deliver uh, the message that you want to bring to people. And I pray that it will bring transformation to lives. It will bring an energy to each and every person to take a hold of their life and whatever they're going through. And I just thank you that you are here and that where your spirit is, there is freedom. And we declare that this morning in your precious name. Amen. 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 We want to talk about the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit is one of those things that I believe has the potential to uh, divide the church greatly. And uh, it, it is a really contentious um, topic and some people uh, have spoken about it or dealt with it as though the Holy Spirit is this uh, uh, force, this energy that we have that enables us to do crazy things and they go around. I mean, you watch uh, um, uh, the news and current affairs and, and some people just take the Holy Spirit and they just run in the direction that's just wacky and weird. They start uh, uh, taking serpents and letting the serpents bite them and because I've got the Holy Spirit, I don't have to worry about that. And, and so there's some people that just kind of go to one extreme and I, I believe that in part because of that extreme, there's the other half of the, maybe not half, but there's a whole bunch of people, Christians, that run away from that side because they're like, I, I don't want the Holy Spirit because I don't want to get serpent bites. I don't want to step on scorpions. I don't want that weird stuff. And, and, and I think that it, we, we develop a bit of a fear and a confusion about the Holy Spirit. And because we want to talk about the Holy Spirit for the next three weeks, we want to make sure that every person here has the right grounding to understand the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm really excited for this because I really genuinely believe that if you have the Holy Spirit in you and you are activated in living a Spirit-led life, that your life is going to be amazing. It is something that's just going to unlock uh, a whole bunch of, of, of doors in your life and is going to bring about something completely life-changing and life-transforming. And so today, we want to get on the same page so that when we talk about other aspects of the Holy Spirit in the coming weeks, we're going to be able to come together and understand where we're going. And, and, and if you miss any of the next few weeks, I would highly suggest that you go get the podcast or if someone, you're inviting someone because you know this is going to work for them, uh, this is going to be an amazing uh, teaching for them, make sure they grab this week as well because this is the foundation point. We're going to lay a little bit of foundation and I'm going to try to make it as easy to understand as possible so that you don't have to go around uh, wondering what this whole Holy Spirit thing is about. So the first thing, uh, we're going to go through three different thoughts. And the first thought that I want to bring to you is that the Holy Spirit is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. How do I know the Holy Spirit is a gift? Because the Bible tells me so. Nice and simple. But I'm going to pull out some for you to understand that. I love that Jesus, we all love Jesus. Everyone, anyone here love Jesus? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. A few people, you're in the right place. That's good. It, it, we all love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love what he's done for us. I love that he died on the cross for my sin. I love that he resurrected and, and rose to heaven. I love all that, that, that stuff about Jesus. But Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit as a good gift. And, and in Luke 11, 11 to 13, we read this. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil in comparison to God, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Holy Spirit, uh, will the Father, will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Heavenly Father desires to give you a good gift of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was so excited about this that He even said that, I need to go because you're going to get something far better than me. 
We all love Jesus. We established that. Jesus is amazing. But Jesus in human form, in human flesh, some of us wish that we would be able to just sit and talk with Jesus just for half an hour or even maybe 15 minutes. We think that that would be life-changing. But Jesus said, it is better, and he said this in John 16 verse 7, it is better, it is to your advantage that I go away because then... The Helper will come to you. The Helper being the Holy Spirit. We need to understand that Jesus was even saying that the Holy Spirit is more advantages. Is that the right word? So how do you say it? Advantages. Sorry, I am from Singapore. By the very least, I know how to spell those words better than most Australians. Just putting it out there. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not racist at all. <laughs> but it is to your advantage. Let's put it that way. It is to your advantage that you have the Holy Spirit. And I think this is probably one of the problems with our Christian, with a lot of the Christian world and how we think about the Holy Spirit. Because I'm going to give you an analogy that I work pretty hard on and I hope that it completely makes sense to you. But, but imagine this. Imagine you're about to get married. You're like two weeks out from your, uh, from your wedding. It is, you've, you've planned it out. It is absolutely amazing. You, you've got the, the venue that you wanted. You've got the dress that you wanted. Um, for guys, you've got the, the, the suit that you want. Um, you've got your guest list sorted. You've got it all squared away. You are looking forward to your wedding. And then out of the blue, distant uncle, Uncle Bob comes along into the picture. You, you, you haven't seen Uncle Bob ever. This is like the first time you're ever meeting Uncle Bob. And Uncle Bob comes from a distant country. Uh, that's why we call him Distant Uncle. Get it? Um, he, he comes from a different country. We, we, we don't know anything about him. Uh, but suddenly he appears and, and he's a great guy. He's amazing. You can just sense that he's just this most genuine, loving man. And, and, and at the time that he's here, he knows that you're getting married. And so he's coming alongside you. He's like, man, you are... You're going to have a great marriage and all of that stuff. And, and it was all going well until your mom and dad said, you need to have Uncle Bob at the reception. Ooh. It's like you had it perfect. And now somehow you have to squeeze Uncle Bob, who you've never seen until recently, into this amazingly packed guest list. So you're just praying someone gets sick. You never prayed that before. But just to fit Uncle Bob into your reception list, you're like, someone gets sick, so Uncle Bob can be there. Anyway, it all works out. Someone does get sick. God answers prayers. And... Um, <laughs> And so we fit Uncle Bob in, and it's great. And at the reception, Uncle Bob comes to you, and he's like, this is so amazing, and I'm so glad that I got to be a part of this. And I, 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 I'm going to have to go to the airport straight away, and I'm heading back home. I don't know when I'm going to see you next, but I've got a very special gift for you. 
I got this from my homeland. Everyone that gets married gets this gift, and, and it's something that I know is going to be so useful for you. Uh, and, 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 and everyone who gets this, during the, they, they look forward to getting this on their wedding day. And, and, and I just want to see you open it so I can see the expression on your face. And so he passes you this box. You open the box, and you take out this thing. You have no idea what this is. You have no idea what this does. You love Uncle Bob, but this gift that he has given to you, you have no idea what it is. And he's like, man, isn't that great? And you're like, yeah? It's like suddenly you realize that Uncle Bob comes from a distant land and their way of living and their lifestyle is completely different to yours. And he's saying that this is useful, but in your mind you're like, it's useful to you guys. It's not useful to me. And so you're looking at this and you're thinking, where can I hide this? This thing is massive. Where am I going to have it? I'm not going to use it and it's not really a decorative item. So I'm going to have to find some corner on my house in case Uncle Bob ever comes and visits and asks about the gift. I can't get rid of this and so I'm going to find a little closet I'm going to put it in there, close the door and hold a key for only when Uncle Bob comes. You see, I think many of us treat the Holy Spirit in that way. We think that God has given us a gift and we understand that, but we think that He's given us a gift from a distant land that has got no repercussions in our current lifestyle. We think that, that God is like Uncle Bob who doesn't know what you need in your life. We think that God is like Uncle Bob who is so detached and distant from what you are living in that the gift that He gives to you is of no use. And so we receive this gift, and we don't know what to do with it. And so we all say, do you have the Holy Spirit? And every Christian will be like, and we're thinking, yeah, in some kind of cupboard in my house where I have no idea what it does, but I've got it. We need to understand and come back to a place where our Heavenly Father knows you intimately. He knows you. He created you. And when he says that I've got a good gift for you, you know it's not going to be some kind of Uncle Bob gift. As great as Uncle Bob is, God is even better. And he's given you a gift. And when he says that this is going to be the most amazing gift to you, you go, yes. And what we need to then do is, how does this work? And God is not like Uncle Bob who flashes into your life and then disappears again. No, God is here to stay and, 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 and He wants you to know how to use His gift. And that's what we want to unpack with you over the next few weeks and today as well. That God has given you the most amazing gift. A gift that is greater than the human form of Jesus in your life. Take that in comparison. I don't think we understand that if Jesus says it is greater it is to your advantage that I go so that the helper can come. Why is it that some of us know so much about Jesus, but we know nothing about the gift of the Holy Spirit? Why is it that some of us hold Jesus in so such a great esteem, which we should, but we don't know anything about the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit is a good gift from a good Father who loves you greatly. And when He says, this is going to be the most useful thing for you, you say, thank you. And so that's number one. But number two, a second thought to help you out in understanding the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is not just a gift. The Holy Spirit is God. 
The Holy Spirit is God. And I think what happens when we don't understand a second thought is when we go to the extreme where we just take the Holy Spirit and we use it like we use the force. Force be with you. And we're like, you will do what I want you to. And you start doing crazy stuff. You step on scorpions and you're like, Holy Spirit, why aren't you doing your work? And Holy Spirit is because you're crazy. (laughs) We need to understand that the Holy Spirit is God. And this is where it can get a little bit complicated. And unfortunately, we don't have time to really dive into this. But what we know is that we have only one God. And that's found in Deuteronomy 6 verse 4, which says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. We have one God, but somehow, we don't know how, but somehow, He's also three persons. We have a three-in-one God that is far better than anything Nescafe can come up with. I'm sorry, Mitch. (laughs) Far greater. Far, far greater. And um, if, you, if you've been around and you heard one of the songs called This I Believe, uh, we sing about how uh, there's these three persons. I believe in God the Father. I believe in God the Son, who is Jesus Christ. And I believe in God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. And very clearly in the Bible, in Acts 5, 3 to 4, we see this, uh, uh, this account where the Holy Spirit is referred to as God. And, and, and we read this, it says, But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? You have not lied to man, but to God. Ananias, by lying to the Holy Spirit, was lying to God. And so when God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, He's basically giving you the gift of Himself. I don't allow that to sink in. When God the Father has given you the good gift of the Holy Spirit, He's given you the gift of Himself living in you and with you every single moment of every single day. You see, when Jesus came, he came in human form so that he could be the perfect sacrifice. We are not supposed to be holding on to human Jesus or or Jesus in the flesh as something to, to, to have each and every single day. He was a sacrifice that made it possible for God to be living with us and in us. Paul talks about how our bodies are the temple of the the Holy Spirit. It is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, which means that God wants to live in you. And so we don't recognize this fact that the Holy Spirit is God. Then we might think that we are able to manipulate and use God for our will. But when you recognize that the Holy Spirit is God, then you understand that when God gave you the Holy Spirit, it was to help you live according to His designs and according to His will. It is not my will. When we receive the Holy Spirit, it is not my will. It is God's will that is being accomplished in my life. But the good thing about that is that when God's will is being made full, brought into fullness in my life, that is the most amazing life available to us. If you start thinking that the Holy Spirit is just some means for you to get ahead in life, you are completely wrong. We need to understand the Holy Spirit is God. But this thought also brings about some challenges. Because I know that for myself, I really struggle with this thought that God is living in me. And it was like, 
I don't know if I want that. God living in me is like big brother's home all the time. Security camera in my life. Watching my every thought and my every deed. Anyone want that? No? We get freaked out by the Holy Spirit. We get scared of the Holy Spirit because we think God living in me. Oh my gosh, I'm not ready for that stuff. That is next level stuff. And so that's why some of us hide the Holy Spirit in this little closet and we put him away because we don't know what to do about the fact that God is living in you. And we're like, God, what am I supposed to do with that? And so here's this third thought that I really believe will bring people freedom this morning because it brought me freedom. See, that God, sorry, the Holy Spirit is a gift and the Holy Spirit is God, but the Holy Spirit is also a person. And the, the Holy Spirit as a person, I don't mean it as a, a physical person, but I mean that the Holy Spirit has a personality. We relate to this God living in us as though we relate to a friend, as though we relate to someone that is able to communicate with us and is able to have a relationship with us. This is something that is so important for each and every one of us to get because God's desire is not to become a watchdog in your life. God's uh, intention in giving us the Holy Spirit is not just to get you living right, but it's so that He can have a relationship with you. And, and one of the verses that I misunderstood for many years in my life, and this brought about this insecurity and this fear of God living in me, uh, I, 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 had this, I, I, I read this verse so many times, I had people tell me about this verse, but it was set in a context that made me think that God is always angry, that God is always watching my every action and, and judging me. And that as a Christian, as a good, if I wanted to be a good Christian, I needed to clean myself up. If not, God's going to be angry with me. And I was living for decades in that kind of a way where I was just watching over my shoulder. Oh, no, God's going to see this. God's going to be angry. Why did I have that thought? Why did I do that thing? Why did I say that thing? And I was always so caught up in this thought that God is watching and the verse, do you want to know this verse? This verse comes from Ephesians 4 verse 30 and it says this, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And when people use this verse in my life, when they spoke to me about it, maybe with good intentions, and I believe with good intentions, they were saying, come on, God sees what's going on. Stop letting him down. Stop making him angry by the fact that you're doing all the stuff that you shouldn't be doing. It created this angst in me whenever I did anything wrong. Oh, gosh, Holy Spirit knows. And then a, someone, a pastor in America, was listening to this podcast, unpacked this word grieve in a way that completely shifted the meaning of this verse for me. See, if you think about when a person grieves, a person grieves, when, when do you see a person grieving? Quite often at a funeral, when someone has died. 
When a person is grieving, there might be some anger attached to it. But what is really going on in their heart is this sorrow at a loss of intimacy. If you go to a funeral and you don't know the person and there's no intimacy between you and this person, there's not a lot of grief. It's like, okay, this person's gone. Sounds like a great guy or a great girl or whoever it is, but I don't know you and it isn't a big loss for me. You only grieve because there is a relationship and an intimacy involved. Make sense? And so when we grieve the Holy Spirit, it's not so much that we get the Holy Spirit angry with us. It's the fact that our sin, the things that we're doing wrong, is actually pushing Him away. Our sins, our actions, our thoughts, our behaviors is silencing the Holy Spirit in our lives and pushing Him into a corner, telling Him that you are not important to me and your input in my life is not something that I need. In that moment, we grieve the Holy Spirit not because He's angry at your actions, but He's grieving, He's sorrowful, He's mourning the loss of intimacy that He had with you. And this shows me that the heart of God, when we are relating to the Holy Spirit, is not that He is some kind of watchdog over my life, but He is someone, the gift of the Holy Spirit is God living in you to have a relationship with you. I don't know how to get this fully across, and I hope that you're getting it, but we cannot be thinking of the Holy Spirit as some kind of power trip. And we're not meant to think of the Holy Spirit as some kind of guilt trip. We are meant to think of the Holy Spirit as God desiring this intimate relationship with you, where you know His thoughts and He knows yours, where you're completely transparent with one another, where you are saying, I want your voice in my life. Have you ever lived with a person or been in a friendship with a person who was angry with you or disappointed or someone that you just basically pushed away and, and, and there's a sorrow, uh, there's a mourning because that relationship has been torn apart, has been pushed away. That's what God is saying when He's saying, do not grieve the Holy Spirit because He's saying, I want you to know that I'm there for you. We're not meant to push Him aside. And this comes down to our heart. When we understand that the Holy Spirit is a gift of God, of Himself, and that we are supposed to be relating to Him as a, in a relationship, that lays the foundation for everything else. If we don't have that foundation, then we might start to manipulate the Holy Spirit to do in our will. Or we might push Him away because we're just simply scared of Him. But when we understand that this is a relationship that I'm meant to be cultivating in my life, it changes everything. We read about an account in the, in the Bible about a person that didn't get this right. And we find it in Acts chapter 8. And basically what was going on in this um, passage was that the apostles, um, who were the early church leaders, they were going around praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit uh, because that's something that God had um, put on their hearts to do. And they were going around encouraging the believers, praying for them. They were receiving the Holy Spirit. Now they came to an area, and they, they, uh, Peter and John were there, and, and they were praying for people and they were receiving the Holy Spirit and there was this particular guy, his name was Simon the Sorcerer. Now Simon the Sorcerer, we don't exactly know what he could do, but, the, but he was called a sorcerer because he was able to do crazy stuff. He was doing amazing stuff. But when he saw people receiving the Holy Spirit, he was like, that 
is even greater than what I've got. And so he desired it greatly. And he came to the disciples and he said to them, uh, sorry, the apostles, and he said, here, take my money and give me the Holy Spirit. I want the same power that you have. And in that moment, Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. For your heart is not right before God. Repent therefore of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. When we approach the Holy Spirit, the first thing that we need to do is to make sure our hearts are right. And how do we make sure our hearts are right? Is to make sure we know the intention of God and our intentions in receiving the Holy Spirit. God's intention is so that He can have the most amazing relationship with you. Our intention should be to reciprocate that. should be, God, I want you in my life. And this morning when I was preparing, I really felt that I need to make this clear. God doesn't hate you. And God takes no pleasure in watching over your bad deeds or anything like that. But God really wants you to know that he's been speaking with you. And one of the things that we get as pastors all the time is that people are saying, I don't know what God is saying. And as much as my heart breaks for the person, I believe that God's heart breaks even more. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit living with you. You have this available source of this relationship, of this communication line with God all the time. But we are pushing Him away. We are silencing His voice in our lives because we are scared of Him or we think that we still want to live our own ways and our own lives. But God is saying, you're not going to get anywhere with that. You're just going to be going around in circles. But what you really need to understand is that I want to have a relationship with you. I don't know what your experience with the Holy Spirit is. And maybe some people have gone around representing the Holy Spirit wrong to you. And I hope that this morning you understand. The Holy Spirit is not meant to be with you to give you a power trip. To go around and do all sorts of stuff. That's not what it's about. Neither is it about a guilt trip so that we can put a, 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 a security system in you to stop you from doing things that are wrong. That's not it. God is inviting you to an adventure. He's inviting you to a relationship. He's inviting you. Maybe we can think about it as a dance where he's leading and taking us somewhere on this adventure. It's, it's this, and I, I don't know whether this word is going to confuse some people, but I believe that what God wants with you is like a romance, where you start to know his heart and, and are exploring what he's truly wanting to say to you and for you to understand that and for you to lean into that. It's not a power trip. It's not a guilt trip. It is the best adventure for your life. So can we invite the band up this morning? I really believe that this message is meant to bring a bit of clarification around certain areas of people's lives and how you're interacting with God and, and what you think God is doing in your life. 
Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.